go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. And welcome to our Dark Phoenix episode. We'll be talking about that wonderful film. And uh, also movies, movie news, trivia, all that good shit. You know, trailers. Yeah. Well, not trivia, but yeah. Well, there might be some trivia. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did did you find any trivia? No. Oh, we'll think of some trivia, goddammit. And then then we'll have a little blah, blah, blah for you as well. Yeah. A tate tate. All right. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Did not really have any uh, enthusiasm for this film at all. That just none. None. Here's the story. <laughs> of a lovely X-Men. lady. <laughs> Most beloved characters, Jean Grey. <laughs> As she evolves into <laughs> the iconic Dark Phoenix. <laughs> and everyone during was a, gay. During a life-threatening... All right, anyway. Uh, During a life-threatening rescue mission in space, Jean is hit by a cosmic force that transforms her into one of the most powerful mutants of all. Wrestling with this increasingly unstable power, as well as her own personal demons, Jean spirals out of control, tearing the X-Men family apart and threatening to destroy the very fabric of our planet. Oh, no. The film is the most intense and emotional X-Men movie ever made. That's a bold statement. That's that's, that's some big balls right there. (laughs) there It is is the culmination of 20 years of X-Men movies as the family of mutants that we've come to know and love must face their most devastating enemy yet, divorce. (laughs) That's what this feels like. A marriage that is like at the end where it's just like, let's fucking move away. Death by cirrhosis. God damn. All right. Do your thing, Big Daddy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, so... This is the original summary and plot for the comic. Uh-huh. All right. And the reason why I'm going to read this, and I am going to read this, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'll, I'll try to edit as I go, but I'm reading this on purpose so that you guys can understand the vast difference between this movie and what happened in the comics and why Fox is, with the exception of Deadpool and one or two other movies like Logan and stuff like that. A continual disappointment when it comes to Marvel franchises. Okay. And uh, I need to do one thing before I do that. Bear with me. Well, we're not live, so it's awesome that, you know. Just so that you know. So the person that directed this movie is Simon Kinberg. And for a while, I was a fan of Simon Kinberg. He worked... On the X-Men film franchise, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Sherlock Holmes, Cinderella and the Martian. Uh, and then he directed uh, Dark Phoenix. Now, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to give him a pass on this one because it's his first movie. Yeah, and it's yeah, you know the studio is just all over their shit. So, uh, Kimberg sold the pitch to Warner Brothers and went on to write scripts for Disney, Sony, and DreamWorks, working with Spielberg and Bruckheimer. His first screenwriting credit was a sequel to the hit action film Triple X State of the Union, which was not a good movie. His next screenwriting venture was Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which was not a bad movie. It was directed by Doug Liman. Uh, the script as Kinberg's thesis project for uh, the script began as Kinberg's thesis project. Anyways, uh, he wrote the pilot episode for a television adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and um, that didn't go anywhere. He wrote uh, the sequel to X Men, X Men Two. Uh, and X-Men The Last Stand, which he co-wrote with Zach Penn. And uh, comic book writer Chris Claremont wrote the novelization of the film and made Kinberg a character in the book. He reunited for with Doug Liman for Jumper, which 
That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Seen it once at the drive-in. Don't fucking never want to see it again. Kimberg also wrote Sherlock Holmes, um, which was not a bad, not a bad movie. Um, he was a producer of X Men: First Class and the producer of This Means War, and the executive producer on Abraham Lincoln: Vampire Hunter, which is fine. I I actually like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I did a review of it yeah. a while back. Uh, Kimberg also produced Elysium, which Joe likes. Uh, I liked it a lot, yeah. Uh, the following year, he was the writer and producer of X-Men Days of Future Past. He produced Let's Be Cops. <laughs> he produced Chappie and the live-action version of Cinderella at Disney. He also worked on Fantastic Four as writer and producer. Mm. And his final film of the year... Uh, of that year was The Martian, directed by Ridley Scott, which oh. is a fantastic film. Yeah, he wrote and produced X Men Apocalypse, <laughs> X Men Days of Future Past uh, follow up. Uh, he produced Deadpool, produced Logan and Deadpool Two, and the upcoming The New Mutants, which I don't see as that coming out ever, because uh, all indications are that Dark Phoenix is the last Fox X Men Marvel film of all. This movie is the last Fox Marvel film. Maybe New Mutants will be a, a YouTube video. <laughs> he produced Murder on the Orient Express. And then um, he was supposed to help write and produce episodes eight and nine of the new Star Wars film. Um, Kasdan and Kinberg will be working on future Star Wars projects, but not necessarily on episodes eight and nine. He is the executive producer of Des Designated Survivor. And on Legion and The Gifted on Fox Network, he will executive produce a third revival of the science fiction anthology series, The Twilight Zone, which is uh, streaming only. Now, with that being said. He's got a resume. He's got quite a resume. He was co-creator of Star Wars Rebels. Um, and uh, I'm just going to put this out there that he does a lot of stuff and not all of it is good. Yeah. Um, he produces... He's a writer on some of the stuff. He did not write Cinderella. He did not write Chappie. He did not write The Martian, and he did not write Deadpool. I wonder, though. He, um, well, hold on. He didn't write Logan. He didn't write Murder on the Orient Express. He did not write Deadpool 2, and he did not write The New Mutants. So all the other movies that are Marvel-related, yeah. he was involved in and was a writer on. Let, so I'm throwing that out there right now to let you know oh. that... Mm, <sighs> Pretty much every one of those films sucked. So, and I'm talking about the Marvel films. Pretty much every one of them fucking sucked. He was not a writer on X-Men First Class. But Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and Dark Phoenix. All right. So what were you going to say? I was going to say that uh, maybe on some of those uh, superhero movies that, uh, you know, he had to go on a certain line that the studio wanted. Maybe. I, mean, just I don't like care. That. I don't I don't care. We don't make excuses here. And the fact of the matter is is that his best work was Sherlock Holmes and uh, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter um because again, he didn't write Elysium, he produced it. So hey, Mr. He Mrs. Knows, Smith is he, good. He knows good stuff when he sees it. Yeah. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith wasn't bad. It didn't suck. Um Jumper was. Well, it wasn't a bad movie, but you know, it, it wasn't it's it's nothing great. He is, at best, mediocre. A mediocre scriptwriter. He knows his stuff, but that doesn't mean that... Why is he... Why do they... And this is rhetorical, but why would Fox keep a guy who's been involved with almost every one of the failure X-Men films, the ones that everyone hated? Oh, well, again, I'm, Except for I'm going to chalk it up as, as, as this. 
he probably wasn't the only one, probably yeah. wasn't the only one that was involved in the writing process. Yeah. So with that being said, he is the one that leads everything. His name is on it. So therefore, he is responsible for the way that the scenes are. He's responsible for the writing. He's responsible. Yeah. And in this last one, he's a director, writer, and producer. So he's responsible. So I, I keep saying so, and I got to stop doing that. So um, going from there. X-Men Dark Phoenix. The lowest critically um, rated X-Men movie ever. Even lower than fucking X-Men Origins Wolverine. Returning from a mission in space, Jean Grey is exposed exposed to the deadly radiation of a solar flare and briefly attains her ultimate potential as a telepath and telekinetic. She becomes a being of pure thought and then reforms herself upon return to Earth with a new costume, identity, and the power of Phoenix. It is with this incredible power that Jean repairs the fractured McCran crystal. Now, that's important. The McCran crystal is a cosmic artifact, like the cosmic cube or the cosmic egg. There's a Phoenix egg. Every time it is destroyed, the Phoenix egg is always reborn with a cosmic egg. The process has happened several times, such as the Infinity Gems, the McCran crystal, quantum bands, the Silver Surfer surfboard, which is mentally linked, which he is mentally linked to. When destroyed, the surfer can recreate another at will. Those are Cerebro is an artifact, the Legacy Virus, Mandarin's Ten Rings, etc., etc., etc. The McCran Crystal, the nexus of realities, unknown if it is connected to the nexus of realities located in the Florida Everglades. By entering the crystal, the user can enter any universe they wish. The protector of the crystal is a singular is I'm sorry is singular in all universes with the same memories in each which suggests that the reality immediately surrounding the crystal is anchored in place okay so now you know what the McCran crystal is it's a nexus of realities that a user can enter any universe they wish all right okay okay so gene repairs the fractured McCran crystal but voluntarily little voluntarily restrains her powers afterward in order to keep them under control. Her vast potential makes her a target for a criminal by the name of Mastermind. Mastermind is named Jason Wingard. He's a super villain that appears in uh, most often as an adversary of the X-Men. The original Mastermind was a mutant with the psionic ability to generate complex telepathic illusions at will that cause his victims to see whatever he wishes them to see. He's a founding member of the First brother, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and later a probationary member of the Lord's Cardinal of the Hellfire Club. It's very important that we remember that, the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Mastermind is attempting to prove himself in order to join the prestigious inner circle of the Hellfire Club. Under the identity of Jason Wingard, he begins to seduce Jean, and with the help of a mind-tap device created by the White Queen, her name is Emma Frost, Mastermind projects his illusions directly into Phoenix's mind. These illusions cause her to believe she is reliving the memories of an ancestor by the name of Lady Grey, who in Mastermind's illusions was the Hellfire Club's Black Queen and the lover of one of Wingard's ancestors. Phoenix eventually accepts the Black Queen as her actual identity, a decadent role that allows her to relish the extremes of human emotion and begins to break down the barriers that she had erected. 
She helps the Hellfire Club capture the X-Men, and Jean's true love Cyclops faces Mastermind in a psychic duel. When Mastermind kills Cyclops' psychic image, it breaks his hold over Jean's psyche and shatters the final barriers on her power. Experiencing this power in its totality overwhelms Jean, and she renames herself Dark Phoenix. Enraged at Mastermind, she uses a telepathic illusion to make him experience godhood, driving him insane. To break her ties with her less powerful identity as Jean Grey, she strikes down the X-Men and departs for a distant galaxy. This is all important now, okay, because this relates to the movie. Her power proves to be far more limited than she thought. The intergalactic trip leaves her almost completely drained. To recharge, she devours the energy of a nearby, of the nearby, Dabari Star, causing a supernova which kills the entire population of the only civilized planet orbiting this star. And I know I said supernova. It's supernova. <laughs> it's like a Boston thing where you add an R and just things. <laughs> yeah. A Shi'ar vessel attacks to prevent her from destroying other stars. Dark Phoenix destroys the vessel, but not before they alert the Shi'ar Empress Lalandra. A council of intergalactic associates is gathered, including the Kree and Skrull Skrull empires, and concludes that Dark Phoenix is an even more serious threat than the planet-consuming Galactus and must be destroyed. On Earth, the X-Men are greeted by the Avengers member Beast, Dark Phoenix returns to Earth to her family's home, finds herself conflicted between her normal feelings for her loved ones and her new destructive impulses as Dark Phoenix. The X-Men attack her but are again defeated. Charles Xavier arrives, and through a vicious psychic duel, he creates a new set of psychic circuit breakers which reduce her to her original Marvel Girl powers. This allows Jean's normal personality to reassert control. The Shi'ar abduct the X-Men, tell them of Dark Phoenix's casual genocide, and declares that she must be put to death. Xavier challenges Lalandra, not not Leandra, Lalandra to Aaron Halar, a Shi'ar duel of honor that cannot be refused. After conferring with the Kree and the Skrulls, Lalandra agrees to Xavier's demands. The next day, the X-Men and the Shi'ar Imperial Guard are are teleported to the blue area of the moon to do battle with the victors deciding the fate of Phoenix. The Imperial Guard defeat most of the X-Men, leaving Cyclops and Phoenix alone to make a final stand. When Cyclops is seemingly killed, Jean's panic overrides Xavier's psychic restraints and restores her to Dark Phoenix. Lalandra initiates Plan Omega, which would consist of destroying the entire solar system in hopes of eliminating Dark Phoenix in the process. I mean, that's, you know... This is like burning down your house to kill one spider, right? Yeah. Uh, Xavier orders the X-Men to subdue Jean to preempt Lalandra's emergency measures. They battle her until she regains her senses, running inside one of the Blue Area's ruins. Jean, struggling to keep control, activates an ancient Kree weapon, which disintegrates her. He did. Cyclops deduces that Jean had planned her sacrifice for the moment they had landed from the moment they had landed on the moon. And the story ends with Uatu, the Watcher, commenting that Jean Grey could have lived to become a god, but it was more important that she die a human, which is kind of a cheesy ending. But um, the reason why I wrote that, I read that, and I could have read just from the second part, but the reason why I read the whole thing is to give you background on what was going on and why this movie could never live up to these expectations. Um, 
there was a rumor. There's not a rumor. There was a report, and it was an awful story. I, I don't give a shit who wrote it, but it was an awful story about how Simon Kinberg wanted to make this a two-part movie, which would have been fine um, if they had followed the actual storyline um, of the comic. Yeah, and then the I, I read that the third act got completely redone because it was going to be in space instead of the train fight. Yeah, and and that it was uh, it was too Captain Marvel esque. Mm-hmm. You know, to have the movie be like that, and they didn't want to copy it. Look, I, I, I get that. I understand that. But how many times you got to destroy a train? How many trains did they fucking destroy uh. in these X-Men movies from between, you know, the first movie through Wolverine it, I Origins? It, I think it happened in X2. I think it happened in X3. I, I fucking... I, yeah, X2, X3, Wolverine Origins, this movie. I mean, what do you have against trains, guys? Yeah. And then think of other movies they've done that in, like, I don't know, fucking uh, Under Siege Part 2. Runaway Train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Men in Black. Oh, yeah. Men in Black Part 2, the subway train. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? anyone I, I can't remember any. I'm sure there's multiples that were missing, but still. Uh, we got The Fugitive. Yeah, The Fugitive. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, uh, yeah. I, <coughs> you know what, though? If this was originally in Disney's hands, they might have went there. Hell, they might even have connected it to Guardians of the Galaxy or something. But yeah, I mean, you could still connect all that stuff together. Anyways, it really doesn't matter. Where do we? Where do you begin? I didn't even know okay. Nicholas Holt was in this fucking movie. Yeah, he was Beast. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's so different looking. Yeah, it's a lot of makeup, a lot of fucking makeup on his face. No, no. I mean, so I mean, like if you look at him from like Warm Bodies or to or now, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't. They don't even look the same. Yeah, he doesn't look the same. No, he's a, he's, he's got a, the Al Pacino thing going. Yeah, on. he's he's a good fucking actor too, man. Yeah, I, you know. So I, I uh, McAvoy, Fassbender, Lawrence. I mean, look. When you're watching the movie and Jennifer Lawrence looks like she's just phoning it in as mm-hmm. Raven, because now she's, she's not Mystique anymore, she's Raven. Yeah. And the eyes that she has totally look fake. See, to you, they look fake. To me, they just look, look, look like yellow, shitty contact lenses. They didn't even look like yellow, shitty contact lenses. It looked like... It looked like all she did was had her eyes closed and someone yeah. painted those onto her eyelids. Like, I, I think because um, she complained in previous films that she hated wearing the makeup. So they, they you know, they started just doing the um, the CG makeup on her instead. Through who? A three-year-old? <laughs> I guess, yeah. So Some three-year-old is CGing for her fucking, her, her fucking eyes? Yeah. God, it's just, that that was awful. Um, we're, we're, okay, let's just start. Okay, well, we will start. We'll start with this. This movie before anything else, is just a copy of The Last Stand in a lot of regards. You know, you know, you take out all the extra mutants. You know, you take out the... Where the fuck is Wolverine? Yeah, there's no Wolverine at all. He's not mentioned at all. Okay. That's because, you know, Hugh Jackman, you know, he's gone. But... <laughs> so, so, whatever. Yeah, I know. So, it's... It's set in 1992, so this is way different. These events of the Dark Phoenix are way different than than when it happened in X Men Part Two and X Men Part Three. Um, you know when Jean starts showing you know signs of of her shit breaking free, right? Her power, right? But even then, X Men Two and X Men Three, they didn't even go into why she was doing this, and that's the dumb thing about that is she started getting these power surges without any explanation. 
Um, it, it, um, oh, they they well in in yeah. I mean, in the the previous films with Patrick Stewart, he says why he says all the walls that he put up in her head are slowly breaking down, and he's trying his hardest to keep them up. She doesn't turn into Dark Phoenix until she comes into contact with that crap. Uh-huh. So and that didn't they even... were already going into the wrong direction with it, anyways. Yeah, because I mean, it was already a part of her, pretty much. They made it already a part of her in in X two and X three. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I didn't know about that, you know, about her getting it cosmically, you know, before, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the way that this movie is, is pretty much, it's, it's close, but no cigar. Um, yeah, I mean, this, it starts off in 1975, Jean Grey inadvertently uses her telekinesis to cause a car accident that kills her mother. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Dude, you sum this movie up right when we walked to the bathroom after it ended, you go, this movie was boring. That was it. That, yeah. was, that was a perfect word for it. Boring. Yeah. It's fucking boring. Right? There is there's nothing entertaining about this movie. It made 142 million dollars worldwide. Worldwide. Here it only made like 25 million. Uh, who cares? That that doesn't mean anything. It's because of marketing, dude. You you think it's th- a it's a budget of it's a 200 million dollar budget, yeah. and it made 142 million dollars already. Yeah. What the fuck? Look, this is Disney's baby now. Okay, they're not gonna just fucking let it completely tank. They're oh gonna- yes, they are. They should have. They they should have just they should have stopped marketing this fucking movie when everybody said it's crap. They should have stopped marketing this movie when when reports were that there were massive problems with reshoots and that they were writing rewriting the script every day. Look, I get it, you know, that's going to happen on movies more often than it's not. No script is perfect. There's going to be rewrites every day because somebody's going to think of something better. You yeah. know, or there was something that sparked them from like the previous day's work or whatever and said, hey, this would, let's do, let's work this scene out like this and use this dialogue and go from there because it would work better. You know, it happens all the time. Yeah. They, they used the, the space shuttle Endeavor tragedy. That's when it blew up, right? 92? I, no, um, no, I, I know the Challenger blew up in 86, but I don't, um, the Endeavor. Um, wasn't that like like ten fifteen years ago? Where you can see all the debris raining down, look like a bunch of rockets flying from the sky, falling from the sky. It embarked on its first mission in May of nineteen ninety two, and its final mission was uh, two thousand and eleven. Yeah, god damn, was that soon? I thought it was. Maybe it's the wrong one. I think is it the Intrepid? It's like maybe? almost twenty years, dude. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm mixing them up. Uh, X-Men respond to a distress signal from the space shuttle Endeavor. It's critically damaged by a solar flare. While the X-Men save all of the astronauts, Gene is stranded and ends up absorbing all the energy. Like, okay, I can... I get that. But after reading what happened in, in the comic book and then watching, you know, all the stuff that happened on the big screen... Yeah. Like... She gets hit with a solar flare. Yeah. They go back. She starts having migraine headaches. Yeah. And and stress fractures in her face. Yeah. And then she gets angry at Professor X for locking locking images away that would scar her. Yeah. Trauma. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but okay, that's fine. That's the way they're gonna go with this story. Perfect. And then and then aliens show up. Uh-huh. No explanation. They just show up. There are three dots in the sky. Like, um, what was that movie where... A cocoon? It was like Cocoon? Is or... that is that the movie where they came together and then shot off into the... Uh, it, like, at the end? Like, three dots came together? 
and then they went up into the sky. That could have been Cocoon. Yeah, cocoon, I, something like that. Or, uh... It may be Close Encounters, but it's the exact opposite of that, where yeah. this dot comes out of the sky and breaks into three things and yeah. kind of crash lands onto Earth. Yeah. And then... And then a bunch of the mummies walk out. Yeah, yeah, the, the mummies looked, from the pyramid. It looked like um, Imhotep Stage Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and just kill random people. Yeah, let's just morph you. Kill we, you morph we don't even understand why they they picked the people that they killed. You know, they just randomly killed Jessica Chastain's family. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, no no understanding of why they came to Earth. No understanding of why they killed these p- particular people, which is kind of fucking important to the story. Well, they they explain it at the end of the movie why. They... I don't give a fuck if they explain it at the end of the movie. That's useless knowledge. Hmm. I'm not, uh, and I, I railroaded you. I'm it, sorry. It just, it, you know what? It it didn't matter anyway. It was all fucking boring. It it felt like villain filler. That's all it felt like. Yeah, there was no substance to it. There was no. Well, no true motivation. It was just, yeah, we were watching you, and we wanted your power. Yeah, you know, and and we, we our home, our home world. We've we've been chasing this solar flare because it's not really a solar flare. It's it's the bad guy phoenix bullshit or yeah. whatever it is, and we're going to use it to re- terraform and make our own planet, yeah. right? And we're going to start with yours. Yeah, and as see, always, we're going to start with you. And, and and it's just like it. It reminds me in a way of of missed opportunities, like with um. Uh, Spider-Man 3, okay? Great example. In Spider-Man 2, Mary Jane is going to marry the son of J. Jonah Jameson, right? And they specifically... Who's an astronaut. Yeah, and they specifically say in the movie, he's here's my son, the astronaut, right? Who is also like a fucking werewolf. <laughs> yeah, right? So then Spider-Man 3 comes along, and like, okay, the, the smart thing would be for Jonah's, you know, J. Jonah's, J. Jonah Jameson's son to fucking bring the symbiote back with his fucking shuttle, his spaceship, right? And then, boom, there you go. No, instead, it just randomly crashes on Earth right there in Central Park, right by Peter fucking Parker. Oh, and by the way, yeah. if they had done that with the symbiote and the astronaut, I would have fucking walked out of the movie as well. Yeah? Totally. The symbiote doesn't go anywhere. It's part of the Secret Wars thing. That's yeah. how we got the symbiote. If you're going to fuck with if you're gonna fuck with time and you're going to fuck with the comics and the continuity in the comics, don't. Because... You hardcore fans, not even just hardcore fans, but fan fans, you know, like I I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore fan. I'm a good I'm a I'm a decent fan of Spider Man. Yeah. If if they had done that, I mean I'm already pissed off that they did that with the fucking symbiote anyways, it just crash landed on Earth. But if they had brought it back from space with J. Jonah Jameson, I could probably forgive that a little bit. But he got the power. He got the symbiote yeah. when he went and fought in the Secret Wars, yeah. and there's a, there's a whole story behind yeah. that symbiote, and you got to tell that story. Like nowadays, now when you can have these gigantic universe um, stories where these huge plot lines, like say Avengers, how how many films it took to get to this shit? I'm way too excited, right? To re- talk about this shit, right? But I can forgive it with the Spider-Man movies because they were just doing one movie at a time. It wasn't part of this huge planned universe of all these characters and shit they were just they were just spitballing you know, almost spitballing in a way they're just it's just like like nolan's batman movies where he's just doing batman that's it you know not really bringing in any not bringing any of the justice league or anyone into this shit it's just batman Gotham right. city right right so i that's why i can forgive that not but nope can't uh, 
It, you know, I, I'm not going to make any justification for Spider-Man anyway, 3. Look, yeah. Spider-Man 3 was just, it was awful. They were phoning it in and Sam Raimi was pissed. So he's just going to, yeah. he's just going to do uh, the minimum acceptable and just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Fine. Look, I, I totally get it, man. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, Spider-Man 3 is though still overall fucking way more entertaining than this fucking turd. Yes. Way more entertaining than like 90% of these goddamn Fox <laughs> movies. I mean, look, I don't care what people say. Fucking Tobey Maguire dressed up like fucking Katie Ling dancing down the street is stupid but fucking funny at the same time. Yes. And and <laughs> look, I mean, we get we get to a point where uh Jean ends up going back home. She finds out like, okay, so this is the plot and it doesn't even talk about uh, the the important parts of the fucking plot, which is Jean is stranded and ends up absorbing all of the energy into her body. She survives the event and her psychic powers are greatly amplified as a result. And she's, you know, I feel great and I feel, you know, energized oh, yeah. and all this other shit. Yeah, and yet she doesn't want to fuck. At the same time, <laughs> no, she wants to. He doesn't. And uh, Tyler Hawkins makes an awful fucking cyclops, he's by the way. He's just boring. He, he's part of the boring you see his fucking fish lips. He's yeah. got these fucking puffy lips and he he always looks like he's i i'm just i all every time i see him as cyclops all i picture him is his character from ready player one when he puts on the visual the virtual reality goggles that's all he looks like as cyclops. He, he always looks like he's stunned like <laughs> you know you know that look and i've done this before <laughs> you, you know that look when somebody farts in your general direction yeah and it finally hits you and you go oh and you, and you do that that mouth thing yeah. where, where you, you you purse your lips you're like oh yeah <laughs> like, uh, don't let that get in my you, mouth. You do the fi- you do the you know the, like the the fish lip, the fucking you know pouty face, and that's what that's what he looks like. Tyler Hawkins looks like he somebody farted near him in every scene, and and he's disgusted, but he can't say anything because he's just stunned. You say Tyler Hawkins? That's what I said. Tyler Sheridan, whatever his name is, Hawkins <laughs> Sheridan. Who cares? Fish face. Yeah, fish lips. <laughs> It does, but that's what he looks like. The whole entire movie just look, and you know why can't they just use the regular, like in the first two movies, yeah. his his sunglasses were fucking cool. Yeah, why can't they just do that? Just like when they put the fucking, they had to put that fucking that that glowing fucking blue X on the back of uh, Xavier's chair. Yeah, it was just it was it was um what do they call it um ex- expo- exhibition. Is it exhibition? Useless. Yeah, useless exhibition. You know, just like when you watch Batman and Robin. Exhibitionism. You know, Batman and Robin, where you got to put the nipples on the bat suit and then all these extra fucking tools and stuff that they, you don't need. Oh, or like uh, ice skates. Ice yeah. skates in the fucking bat boots. Yeah. You know, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Stop camping up my shit. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they got this like full on weird face headgear. Yeah. And I'm staring at my headgear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what it looks like. It's. Uh, Shelly from <laughs> the Simpsons or from South Park. Stop looking at me! I'm going to go in my room and listen to my Britney Spears records. <laughs> and again, when every time it's just, you know, action! Somebody fart near Tyler. <laughs> you know what? And uh, like every character aside from like Fassbender. And McAvoy and and Holt, everyone else just like it was like why were they even there? Yeah, it was useless. Evan Peters well, was cool for a minute, but then he fucking disappeared. Yeah, he, they, they, he disappeared hella quick. It, it, okay, so they we, like Terry uh, Crews him. Uh, stop. We need to go back. 
We haven't even gotten to the point where I don't want to go back. We <laughs> she I mean, she literally went home to find her dad and then she got angry at her dad for no reason. Yeah. You know, well, there's no pictures of me here. No, I'm really angry. Okay, Hulk, fuck off. And then then the X-Men show up and she she knocks out like an entire corner of one house and beats up another house and and injures uh um um Quicksilver. Yeah. And kills Mystique. Yeah. I will not call her Raven Darkholm. It's Mystique. And several local police officers are are injured. Yeah, and her death was fucking <laughs> it was weak to me. It just felt like a plot device. It felt like a plot device. And it also felt like that was Jennifer Lawrence saying, Okay, I'll show up, but you kill me in this fucking movie so I don't come back again. Yeah, Han Solo me. Yeah. And then she travels to a mutant refugee island of Genosha. Where did this come from? Like, she just magically fucking found this place. We don't know anything about it. She just shows up there, and, it, you know, and she seeks assistance from Magneto. I mean, she's a Category 5 fucking mutant, so, I mean, maybe, you know, she could hone in on that shit with her psychic abilities. I, I you know, that, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Stop defending this movie. <laughs> Literally, all we do is cut to a scene of an island and there's mutants working on the island, and then she walks down this dirt road, mm. you know, like, like she, like she always knew it was there. Mm-hmm. Give us some exposition, you know. Give us a little bit of fucking foreshadowing. Like she, she did some research and found out where Eric was. Yeah, that would have been fine. One goddamn scene. Yeah, while she was flying away, right? Mm-hmm. Then she hones in on Eric and goes, "Okay, that's where I got to go." That would have been perfect, but no. No, it's just a fucking smash cut to this island. I think that, and like, his little society was the only thing that was a little bit interesting with the movie to me. You know, like, okay, we could have stayed here for a while, but, you know, then, of course, you know, military shows up. and Yeah, and then that was useless. Yeah. And then and then the report comes on that she's destroyed two towns. She, she isn't that what they said? She destroyed two towns and attacked the military. Yeah. Like, like. Where's the two towns? Like she she nuked nuked two towns. She fucked up a house and a half, and then she killed one person. She destroyed a helicopter. Um, she didn't do it, and she didn't do anything to to Fastbender's village. So yeah, yeah. And then when when they're fucking around with the helicopter, yeah. having the helicopter psychic fight, fight. Yeah. Um, and you see the two guys in the helicopter. Yeah. Why didn't they just jump the fuck out of the helicopter? Like fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> they were just sitting there like oh. They, I mean, they didn't do anything. They weren't, they weren't trying to fire at her. They weren't trying to do anything. Yeah. They, they, these two fucking gigantically powerful mutants are using using this helicopter as a ping pong ball, yeah, and or a tennis ball, and and the, the pilots that are in the helicopter are just sitting there, <laughs> like this is a normal thing. And then they fling it away, and then they're able to get control of the helicopter. Maybe she'll get tired. She travels to Genosha. Uh, she's turned away by Magneto after she engages in combat with the U.S. military force tasked to arrest her. Like, are you going to try that? Uh, hey, I want you to go after one of the most powerful fucking mutants on the planet. Yeah. Well, what is her What is her ability? Yeah. Telekinetics? Yeah. Oh, and then after Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Telekinetics. Mm-hmm. What is that? Oh, she can move shit with her mind? Like, How? Well, essentially, she could just fling you into the fucking nearest star or uh, burst your head with a thought or, you know, wh- you know whatever. 
yeah. cru- crush metal around you until you until you squirt out, you know, Akira stuff, right? Yeah. You want me and my platoon to arrest a mutant who literally could just yeah. look at us and disintegrate us. Yeah. And then after that event, fucking president ghosts McAvoy, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Okay, like there's no room for conversation here? Yeah. Nothing? You're this trusted fucking mutant advisor. You know, you have all these galas and events and shit, but all of a sudden... One, one incident? Yeah. And there's probably a billion incidences that happen every week? Yeah. But that one incident where she kicks the corner of a house down and and throws a pole through another one. Destroys a Huey. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but but all the military people survive. Yeah. Who is it do with the dreadlocks? He was whipping people around. I, I thought it was Bishop at first. But no, I, I don't know who the fuck that was, dude. And then Hank McCoy feels betrayed by Xavier's manipulation of Gene's memories, which, again, I mean, it's that's useless drama. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing where, you Pointless know... Pointless conflict. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like what you did with Gene. Who the fuck are you to tell me what I can and can't do to help her lock her powers down so that she doesn't execute every one of us? Yeah. Because she's completely uncontrolled at this point, and she's a child with superpowers, mm-hmm. super mind powers. Like when you met her at fucking you know six years old or however old she yeah. was, <laughs> it was pretty much. And she can melt your face with a thought. Yeah, it was pretty much one or the other, right? Either you fucking have to do these, put these blocks in motion, or you have to destroy her because yeah. there's no middle ground with this at all. Yeah, and, and you know it's again it's. It, it, useless drama to it doesn't even move the story forward it's just useless drama no it doesn't it just <laughs> it keeps the characters fucking angry and meandering around yeah. moping and then that's when uh, right before that Gene meets uh, the leader of the shape-shifting alien race known as the Dabari uh, which played by um, <laughs> Jessica Chastain she's been called the Albini <laughs> who explains to her that she has been possessed by a force of cosmic power which wiped out the Dabari's home planet years ago and again, that's it. Why are you changing? Why why are you changing the storyline to try to fit into a movie that is two hours long? This is the same company that turned Galactus into a fucking giant fart cloud. Yeah, and that's what everybody's complaining about. Is it, it, the same thing with this movie? Is yeah. that this Phoenix power or you know the cosmic power or whatever it yeah. is is basically the same thing as Galactus? In that there is. You know, whatever the fuck is, whoever the fuck was in charge over there yeah. doesn't know what they're doing. And that's why these movies are a failure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and we get to this fucking third act and on this attack on a train. And of course, <laughs> God, more pointless conflict where you have these fucking soldiers who they're being warned over and over again. These guys are going to fuck you up. Oh, uh, no, fuck you, mutant. You know? Yeah. And well, when I I mean let's 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 not get into the third act yet. Let's let's go because they they get to New York City because Eric wants to kill Gene, right? Yeah. Like how? <laughs> how are you going to kill the most powerful mutant in the universe at this point, dude? That's why he's Magneto. It's because he's fucking once he his that's, mind is set on something, he it's just bad writing, dude. It's, it's his tunnel vision. It's not tunnel vision. It's bad writing. Eh. Not eh. It's it's terrible. She's literally the most powerful fucking person in the universe. She's more powerful than Galactus, which is saying something. And yeah, you know what? You know what? You're right. You, it's cause and, and a guy that can control metal wants yeah. to stop her coming at her head on. 
Not even trying to be subtle about it or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah just I mean, you could be subtle about it, and not even give her a hug and stab her in her kidney or whatever. Yeah, you know. But you better be. You better not be thinking of anything. You yeah. better just fucking do it and not in that. You know, not have any second guesses. Yeah. Like should I should I do this? But and she like looks yeah. at you like should should you do what? Uh, I will take out my penis. <laughs> stab stab stab. <laughs> yeah, you just have a knife inside, like a little metal rod inside of his dick hole or something, and just yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't even need to go there. Let's but, get yeah. dirty. Uh, the X-Men confront him and his faction in New York. They battle, uh, Eric. They don't even talk about who is like, uh, you have, uh, uh, oh, uh, Storm was really good. I actually like Storm. She was the person that played, her, her name is Alexandra Ship, hmm. and she plays Storm Aurora Monroe. Um, you have you know, Nightcrawler that he was cool. He did. I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, you have Quicksilver, you have Vuk additionally, uh, you have uh, Celine Gallo, Ariki, a character that was initially reported as Red Lotus, Scott Shepard and Hannah Anderson portray Jean's parents, um, let's see, Brian Darcy James appears as the President of the United States, Lamar Johnson uh, appears briefly as Match, um, Halston Sage cameos as Dazzler. So when they were in when they were having the party yeah, and the light with, show with the girl with the white uniform, that's yeah. Dazzler. Um I thought that was cool. That that little appearance is fine. Chris uh, Claremont makes an appearance as a crowd member during the scene when Xavier accepts his reward for rescuing the space shuttle. Um Colossus was supposed to be in the movie too. Yeah, but then he didn't appear. Well, Maybe he was in a deleted scene or something. Thank God. Um <laughs> I like Colossus but I mean, if you're going to put in Colossus, you've got to put in Deadpool. Yeah. Just sitting there with his hand on his ass. <laughs> um, I don't know who the dude with the with the dreadlocks was. Um, at first, like I said, at first I thought it was Bishop, but it's not. Uh, Jean asks Vuk to take the force from her. However, it quickly turns out that doing so would kill her. Xavier and Scott are able to prevent Vuk from fully absorbing the force from Jean before both mutant factions, including Gene, are captured by the U.S. government and placed on a train headed towards a secret containment facility. Another train fight. And then, like, these these people are running all over the train. So now we can get into the third act. Yeah. These people are running all over the train and jumping in, and you have guys, again, again with the, you know, throwing pebbles at trains, <laughs> fucking shooting these aliens. That yeah. they, they, they do have some effect on some of them. You know, and then they whip out that fifty caliber and yeah, the fifty caliber, the fifty cal was doing great. It just yeah, but the regular bullets weren't doing shit. Yeah, but uh, against now, Vuk, they weren't going to do anything anyway. And then I call it was fucking bullshit, man. When when Fastbender had all those guns firing on her and and she was healing quicker than the bullets were fucking hitting, it was bullshit. Well, no, she has the power of the, the that cosmic force power, so that's it, what's going on. It would have fit better if they was just blocking all the bullets instead instead of the, her healing as quickly as it, I. I, I I think it would have been better if it would have been, yeah, instead of like a shield, like a stone skin where yeah. it just bounces right off of her, you yeah. know, just falling to the ground, you know, so it, like it does leave an impact, but it just kind of yeah. and then falls. Yeah, Superman's it. Yeah. Um, a remorseful Xavier admits to a very resentful Hank that the latter was right in his earlier accusations of violating Jean's mind and lying to her. Blah. They did the same thing in X-Men 3 when Wolverine's giving fucking Xavier shit about locking Jean away, you know, her mind away, right? And then and Xavier says to him, he goes, I don't need to explain myself to someone like you, yeah. you know, all the shit you've done, right? Right. 
And then they did it again in this fucking movie. And now they just make an Xavier feel guilty. Yeah. So basically, they're just rewriting X Men Three. Yeah. It's just what's the fucking point? I mean, she's even she's even breaking people apart, just like in X Men Three. You know, she was even holding. Just like when she killed Patrick Stewart in X-Men 3, where she's holding him up in the air and shit, right? And, uh-huh. you know, they, she did the same thing. She just didn't kill him this time, you know? It's all a fucking waste of time. It was, it just, what was the fucking point of any of this? He says he wanted to do something different than The Last Stand, you know, Kinberg here. Uh-huh. But he didn't. He didn't really do anything different. It even went in a fucking house. You had a huge, a huge conflict, confrontation at a fucking house in a neighborhood. Same thing happened in Last Stand, man. When Xavier got killed, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you know, the only thing that wasn't there this time was fucking Stan Lee watering his lawn. Well, wait a second. Who wrote The Last Stand? Yeah, Kinberg. And? Zach Penn. Right. And who directed it? Oh, God, Mr. fucking uh, Rapey. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Mr. Han- Mr. Touchy Feely. Yeah, Brett, Brett Raper. <laughs> Rapner. <laughs> Rapner. Rapner. Rapner, yeah. <laughs> These things write themselves. So... 20 years in the past. This is the fucking plot from, uh, from right from fucking X-Men The Last Stand, which is Professor X and Magneto meet Jean Grey at her parents' house to invite her to join the, their school, the X-Mansion. Yeah. 10 years later, the industrialist father of Warren Worthington III discovers his son is a mutant as Warren tries to cut off his wings. Angel. Mark yeah, Angel. Yeah, Angel, Archangel, same difference. He became, yeah, he becomes Archangel. Yeah. In the present, Worthington Labs announces it has developed an inoculation to suppress X genes. Let's see, uh, the cure is created from the genome of a young mutant named Jimmy, who lives at the Worthington facility on Alcatraz Island. Some mutants are interested in the cure, including Rogue. Many others are horrified. Magneto reestablishes the Brotherhood of Mutants. With those who oppose the cure, warning his followers to, that the cure will be forcefully used to exterminate the mutant race. Uh, Pyro, Callisto, and several other mutants attack the mobile prison, holding Mystique to free her and freeing Juggernaut and Multiple Man. Mystique, shielding Magneto from a cure dart, is hit by it, losing her mutant abilities. Magneto abandons her. Scott Summers, uh, still distraught over the loss of his fiance, drives to her resting location at Alkali Lake. Gene appears to Summers, but as the two kiss, Gene tells him, uh, Gene, no, Gene kills him. Yeah. Okay. The all they find was his glasses, so she just fucking disintegrated. They only find telekinetically floating rocks, Summers' glasses, and an unconscious Gene. Now, the theory on that is the reason why they killed off Cyclops so early in that movie was so so that James Marsden can go with Brian Singer to go film Superman Returns. Right. That was at the same time. So Logan and Storm return to X-Mansion. Xavier explains to Logan that when Jean sacrificed herself to give to save them, she also freed the Phoenix, a dark and extremely powerful alternate personality which Xavier had telepathically r- repressed. Uh, aware of the Phoenix's godlike destructive potential, Logan is disgusted to learn of the psychic tampering with Jean's mind. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Once she awakens, he discovers that she killed Scott and is not the Jean Grey he once knew. The phoenix emerges, knocks out Logan, and escapes to her childhood home. Magneto learns of the resurrection. The X-Men arrive at the Grey home at the same time as the Brotherhood. Magneto and Xavier go in. Uh, She destroys the house and and disintegrates Xavier before Magneto and Logan can stop her. Jean leaves with Magneto. After interrogating Mystique, the FBI discovers Magneto's base in the woods. Might as well just call it Genosha. Yeah. The life forms in the camp are all decoy copies of Multiple Man. Uh, Magneto and the Brotherhood have gone to storm Alcatraz. 
using his magnetic manipulation powers to reroute the Golden Gate Bridge. During the fight, Kitty Pride saves Jimmy from Juggernaut, who had been sent to kill him. Okay, who cares? Um, you know who I am. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. When Logan approaches her, Gene momentarily gains control and begs him to save her. Uh, Logan stabs Gene, killing the Phoenix, but mourns for death. And then looks up at the sky camera and goes, No! (laughs) (laughs) Marlon Brando. I can't do Marlon Brando right now. Uh, Sometime later, mutant rights are finally obtained and Xavier's school is still operating with Storm as headmistress instead of Hank. Uh, President appoints McCoy as ambassador to the United Nations. Rogue reveals to Bobby that she has taken a cure, much to his disappointment. Magneto sits at a chessboard in San Francisco, seemingly human and weak as he gestures toward a metal piece that moves slightly. Moira McTaggart checks on a comatose patient who greets her with Xavier's voice, leaving her startled. Yeah, that was after the end credits. Who cares? I mean, with the, I mean it's this movie is, is the fucking... Um, same as as Dark Phoenix, and and with with a few differences. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Magneto is playing chess by himself instead of with Xavier. Yeah, and then there was a bunch of it's just a shitload of unnecessary mutants added into it to, that got in the way of of the other you know established characters. You know, there could have been more time for fucking Beast. You know, played by Kelsey Grammer, which who wasn't bad. He was actually fucking pretty good in the movie. And instead, they have all these different ones that are hanging out with Magneto. That they waste time on. Right. Ugh. But still, there are still way more entertaining things that happen in X-Men The Last Stand than in this movie. There is nothing entertaining in this except for the fucking, just him, squ- you know, Magneto squashing that train. And I, I can't really even think of anything else. Yeah. After joining 2003 film X2, Zach Penn convinced Brian Singer to not adapt the Marvel comic storyline for the film, believing it was too soon to go into the Phoenix story. It was too soon to get cosmic. Jean Grey was last explored subtly with the intention of the full story being adapted into the next film instead. He didn't, Singer did not return to direct The Last Stand, which was written by Penn and Simon Kinberg. They chose to adapt the Dark Phoenix saga as only one of the film's parallel storylines, with an executive at 20th Century Fox suggesting that the gifted storyline also be in that film. Um... The, the version of the story was not well received by fans and critics. Kinberg stated that he and Penn were ultimately unhappy with how the adaptation turned out as well. So there we go. There's part of the problem right there. An executive at 20th Century Fox suggested that the gifted storyline also be in that film, which means he wrote some, he wrote a treatment uh-huh. since he's an executive and he was going to force his fucking hand into that whole thing. Yep. And that's what he wanted, and that's how uh, the timeline of the X-Men franchise was retconned with the 2014 film Days of Future Past, noted that a new adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga could be made that ignores the events of The Last Stand, which it didn't. Um, It just kind of changed a couple of characters and some things. Um, uh, Kinberg and Singer both expressed interest in this, uh, hinted that X-Men Apocalypse would set up elements for such a retelling. Um, Who cares? Uh, Apocalypse was fucking... Awful. Just, it was dreadful. Uh, Apocalypse had introduced younger versions of several characters. That um, Kinberg said he began writing the next mainline X-Men film. Uh, soon, Fox was said to be pressing the reset button on the franchise due to the financial and critical underperformance of Apocalypse. 
With the franchise being reconfigured and Singer said not to be returning to direct the next film. Gosh, I wonder where he is. McAvoy, Fassbender, Lawrence, and Holt's contracts from the previous trilogy had ended. Kinberg was optimistically writing the new uh, script with them in mind. In 2017, the next film will be titled Supernova and will begin filming that June, uh, which turned into Dark Phoenix. Um, the studio was looking to negotiate new deals with Lawrence, Fassbender, McAvoy, and Holt. By the end of the month, Kinberg described reports that he may direct the film as premature, but he ended up doing it. Um, at the start of March 2017, Kinberg and Hutch Parker begun early prep on the film. Let's see. Um, they wanted to do something bold and radical and expand the universe in a way that Logan feels bold and radical, and certainly Deadpool does as well. In pitching the film, Kinberg used real-world imagery such as disaster footage or lightning strikes and focused on an ar- organic and relevant approach as a response to criticisms of Apocalypse's heightened reality. The problem with Apocalypse wasn't the heightened reality. The problem with X-Men Apocalypse is Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse looked like, what did you say he looked like? He looked like Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. Thank you. And a fucking donkey. Yeah. Donkey Ooze. (laughs) Ivan Donkey. Yeah. Um, But he had layers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the Shia race was rumored to be featured in the film with Angelina Jolie uh, being looked at for a role. Um, Jessica Chastain potentially re- All right, Mike, as a replacement. Mike, Mike, fuck this movie. <laughs> Just fuck this movie. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. What? Hold on. So, uh, Singer was originally announced as being a producer on the film, but following allegations of sexual abuse... Against Singer, Kinberg stated that he was not in the fall involved in the film and his name would not be in the film's credits. Uh, I don't care about that. Music, I don't care. Even the music was awful. Like, I do soundtrack reviews and stuff like that. Maybe yeah. I should start doing like a separate, we should start doing like a separate review for soundtracks and whatnot. But uh, look, I wasn't even, um, I, I could care less. That's how that's how little I care about this goddamn movie. Yeah. It didn't it didn't pull me in. There was nothing about the soundtrack that pulled me in. Um there's nothing about let's see, uh at least Apocalypse. I mean Hans Zimmer did the fucking soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. At least Apocalypse had fucking two off the top of my head, two entertaining scenes. It had the Weapon X scene with Wolverine, and it had that I don't know, you didn't care for it, but the uh the longer version where we're uh, Quicksilver saving everybody from the school in right. slow motion. Yeah, but those were fun. It was still fun, fucking things. There, this movie had nothing fun. It was just boring and just just going through the motions and and dragging along. It was like they made an X Men. This, you know, what this felt like. This is like the Fantastic Four by Roger Corman. Like it, this was this was just made so that they could keep the rights to making X Men movies. That's what it felt like. It did. It didn't even. It didn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, but that's what it felt because, like. Because you know. Hey, we got to make an X Men movie, so let's you know we got to keep making them. So yeah. we well, go. oh shit, we got bought out by fucking Marvel. Um, here we go. On January twenty third, twenty nineteen, Alex French and Maximilian Potter published an investigative report in the Atlantic in which more men allege that Singer sexually assaulted them when they were underage. This is twenty nineteen, dude. This is happened this year. So From six months. Yeah, this was six months ago. This did. This was. Uh, I'm guessing that this was the article that got him canned from Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, the article also claimed that Sanchez Guzman's 2017 lawsuit 
stalled when Singer's legal team reported Sanchez Guzman to the IRS and to U.S. immigration officials. Hey, that's cool. Although this was disputed. In response to the men's allegations, Singer denied any association with them and prescri- and described the journalists as homophobic. You know, because you know, you want to you want to attack them personally, which mm. means that you're a fucking liar if you do that. In the wake of renewed allegations, Glad withdrew Bohemian Rhapsody's nomination for this year's Glad Media Award um, and stated Singer's response to the Atlantic story wrongfully used homophobia to deflect from sexual assault allegations. Time's Up released on Twitter a statement applauding uh, the decision, stating, The recent allegations regarding Brian Singer's behavior are horrifying and must be taken seriously and investigated. On February 6th, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, or BAFTA, removed Singer's name from Bohemian Rhapsody's nomination. On February 11th, Millennium Films stated that Red Sonia uh, was no longer on their slate of films, though the company founder, Avi Lerner, had, learned, had earlier defended hiring Singer despite the allegations. He's done, dude. He's done right now. I hope so. Uh, he'll come back in a couple of years, but he's right now he's done. I'm not forgetting him. I won't. Um, I, I, people like him need to go away. Yeah. So need to stay away. Yep. Uh, so pretty much the gist of all of this is: don't give X Men Dark Phoenix any of your time or money. Don't. Just don't. You're not. Oh my God! Even Brett Easton Ellis has alleged that two of his former partners had attended underage sex parties hosted by singer and fellow director Roland Emmerich. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's like. Uh, I mean, I know we talked about the the it's like singer the U- thing. It's like the U tree thing over here. Uh, yeah, I mean, but when Brett Easton, I mean, look, uh, I don't want to do a compelled, but Ellis is. A novelist. If you don't know who he is, he wrote Less Than Zero. He wrote American Psycho. He wrote uh, Lunar Park, Imperial Bedrooms. Um, I mean, come on. The, the uh, That's uh, The Rules of Attraction, which is uh, another good one. Um, but it, the guy the, <laughs> the guy wrote Less Than Zero in, in American Psycho. That, yeah. That's all you need to know. And when somebody of that, I don't know if I'm going to say power, but that influence, I mean, come on, he's severely influential. Mm-hmm. Says something about the Brian Singer Roland Emmerich thing. Maybe you should fucking listen. Yeah. Not you, but I mean, maybe people should listen. Yeah. And uh, I think that's important. I didn't want to turn this into a compelled, but it was it was right there. Anyways, just might as well go into it. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. So you good on this movie, dude? I, I, I I'm good. This movie sucks. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully the 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 Men in Black movie that we're going to be seeing next uh, won't won't suck as much. The the ten second the ten second movie review. Fuck this movie. Yeah, save your money. No, don't even buy it on DVD. No, it's not. It's not. I'm not adding this to my collection. Just just wait until look. This is what this is what has already been told uh, to the press. Galactus is going to be the next major villain. Uh, they're so they're working on Fantastic Four right now. That would be my guess. Is that the uh, Fantastic Four first, X Men second, because they're dealing with the F- Dark Phoenix stuff. Yeah, and then and then we'll get X Men, and then all the other shits, right. Namor and the Submariner. And cool. Like I mean, you've already got space established with uh, Captain Marvel and Guardians Galaxy and yeah. Thor. Yeah. So, and now you have the Asgardians of the Galaxy as well. Yeah. So, all right. Um, movie news, man. Uh, so apparently, I didn't know that they were doing this, but um. Amazon is doing a uh, Dark Tower series. Oh, so what? And uh, Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Michael Rooker has joined it. Uh, it's being run. Um, show the show. I can see Michael Rooker playing the Man in Black. Yeah, they, well, they, they haven't stated. They don't know yet who he's going to be playing. I can tell you who he's playing. Yeah, the Ori- Man in Black. Ori- you know, he could be. Um, that's um. I almost said Daggett. Why the fuck did I almost say Daggett? It's not Daggett. All right. Anyway, um, if they don't get Scott Eastwood to Randall play Flag. Roland, it's Randall Flag. That's the Man in Black. Yeah. If they don't get Scott Eastwood to play Roland, because look. Roland, the gunslinger, yeah. is based off of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Just that's that's a smart move. Um um That's a smart move. What movie was he watching? Uh The Outlaw Josie Wales. Stephen King was watching The Outlaw Josie Wales when he came up with the line The Man in Black Fled Across the Desert and the Gunslinger Followed or whatever yeah. the opening line was, right? Yeah. So The Man in Black Fled Across the Desert or ran or walked across the desert. Yeah. Um and that's where he got the inspiration for this whole, the the the, the gunslinger at least, and mm. the, the look of Roland. If you look at the um, the the art for the gunslinger book, the Dark Tower book for one, yeah, the Dark Tower book one uh, is Clint Eastwood. So who better to fucking play him than his son? Um, it looks like a guy named Jasper uh, Pakonin is going to be playing the Man in Black. And Sam Strike is going to be playing the gunslinger. So I don't know who the fuck. I mean, they. come on. So uh, originally, this uh, this show was going to be a tie-in to the movie with uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, but they decided to not do that because of how bad the movie was. Well, here here's the whole thing. Uh, he was in um, uh, Black Klansman. Oh, Sam Strike. Yeah. Uh, no. It just doesn't work. You have to have you have to have Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood needs to be Roland. No. Oh. So they haven't announced when the show's going to be coming out yet, though. So. Well, this was the whole plan, anyways. They were going to make a movie and then do and then do like three episodes or four episodes and then do a movie and then do another like three or four episodes and then do another movie. So they're going to do seven movies with like three or four episodes in between the movies. Yeah. So you have what seven times four is twenty eight. So you have twenty eight hours worth of fucking well it's more than 28 hours but you have 28 things that tell the whole story of the dark tower yeah so but they fucked up on the first one so there you go yeah they did and i i could tell you really wanted to like that movie and you just couldn't i just i mean i i i would have been i was fine with idris elba playing roland it doesn't matter what color creed race whatever i don't care um if you tell the story properly and you do the right things like you have to you you have to start with the opening you have to tell the first story which is the gunslinger because that sets up everything it sets up the drawing of the three it sets up you know uh the wolves of the kaya, kaya or kala uh it sets up every book yeah every book the song of susanna everything and if you go against the grain of the book look how how many times have i said this fan service yeah what happens if you don't pay the fan service? They're not going to come in. They're going to revolt. Yeah. And nowadays, especially nowadays, they're fucking, they're, they're vicious. Yeah. And, and look, you know, I mean, there's toxic fandom and then there's real fandom. And look at the Sonic the Hedgehog shit. All the people pissed off at the way Sonic looked. And now they're, they delayed the, the film coming out for like three or four months. It's still going to suck. Who cares? Well, of course it's going to fucking suck, Mike. That's not the point. People complained about it enough and they did something about it. Ooh, they did something about it. Yeah. Why don't you just remake the whole movie 
<laughs> as a Sonic movie instead of Sonic coming to Earth to save the Earth. Yeah. That's too easy. It's too late. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, um, great news. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart and Paramount Pictures have no, teamed up no, to do a Scrooged no, remake. No. <laughs> no. You know what? This could actually work. I mean, don't make it a remake. I've seen Kevin Hart in 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 well written fare, like in um, uh, Top Five with Chris Rock. If he played um, Chris Rock's um, agent in it, and he was fucking great in it, he wasn't screaming all every five seconds like Chris Tucker. Okay, he was he was a good fucking character. So Kevin Hart can play a good character. I know you give him good shit. Don't make him the Bill Murray character. Make him the Bobcat Goldthwait character. <laughs> Yeah, you can before Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> God damn, I love that fucking movie. I, I love Scrooge. It, 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 I just love the Bobcat. I mean, I, is, that's a great movie. It but is my go-to. We pokes him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the bitch hit me with a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> I Carol love Kane. a girl with spirit. Yeah, fucking Buster Poindexter as a cab driver. Every every fucking character in that movie, I fucking love them all. It's it's a great movie. It's a great Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, it's not as good as Die Hard. Shut up, Mike. <laughs> See. So uh, yeah, they got um. They're still searching for a writer to uh to get on them with it, but uh. Let's write it. So. <laughs> what would I do? How would I? How would I do that? Um. You would take the original Scrooge script. And every time it has Bobcat Goldthwait's character in it, you would replace it with Kevin Hart's character. Just <laughs> type in Kevin Hart and then send it in. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, they got to have the elevator scene where Death is, is right there and Bill Murray, whatever he says. Yeah. I so, bet you're hit with the ladies. <laughs> did you ever watch any of um, Swamp Thing, the series? Nope. It's, uh, Why would I? I don't have the DC Universe. Uh, oh, that's right, because they're canceling the DC Universe. Yeah, the show got canceled. I know. And so did Teen Titans. Yeah, so they're canceling the entire DC universe because they're going to fold it into uh, Warner Brothers, the Time Warner. Um, oh, they're Netflixing it, aren't they? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fold the entire thing into their streaming service. So, and I think that's why they canceled Swamp Thing to yeah. fold it, and then they're, I don't know. I mean, they canceled it before even the first episode came out. Yeah, because I, I already talked about that. Virginia Madsen and a bunch of other I people. I thought I'd bring it up because you're a Swamp, you're a Swamp Thing fan. So. Not really. I, I liked it. I mean, the first movie I enjoyed. The second movie, not so much. I think the sec- I only liked the first movie because of Adrian Barbo's tits. And then Heather Locklear was in the sequel, right? I don't remember. All right. One of them. So, One of the Heathers. So um, remember uh, talking about this, uh, what, what Denny Villeneuve was going to do after Blade Runner? Dune. And he's uh, doing a two-film two Dune adaptation. No, he's not. TV series too. Well, I'm, he's I'm, working I'm, on that. I'm bringing the motherfucker up, man. I, I, I ruined it for you. you hey, at least I know what's going on yeah. in the news. Usually, I don't know what's going on. That's good. So yeah, the, the um, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tied in with the uh, with the series. On, it's going to be on Warner Streaming, Warner Media Streaming. Right? Of course it is. Yeah. Speaking of Warner Streaming, there was a segue right there. I didn't even fucking see it. Um, it's going to be called Dune: The Sisterhood. Okay. And so uh in uh, in and Villeneuve is going to be directing the pilot for it. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Spice Pants or the Sistering Goo. What's that shit that the, the, what's the the uh, spice? Yeah, Sisterhood of the Traveling Spice. I just said that. Did you say spice? I said spice pants. Oh, well fuck you. Space pants. <laughs> spice, spice pants. <laughs> Look at my spice pants. Look, I I had never seen the original Dune um done by David Lynch, so I they had it on uh, Blu-ray. 
at Best Buy for like fucking five bucks or something on special. It's hard to get through, dude. I bought it and I watched it. It, it. You know what? The most of the movie's watchable until the final battle shit, and it just got fucking boring. It's it's hard to watch. Um, if I've read about it too. Yeah, if I, you read the movie or if you read the book and stuff. I mean, look, Frank Herbert is a great writer. Yeah, I tried to read Dune, and I'm. You know me about science fiction or fucking you know Star Warsy shit and yeah. whatever else. Uh, I Dune is the sci-fi equivalent to Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's that involved and that complicated. Yeah, and you have to really be in the mood to tackle that book. It's thick. It's a big fucking book. Yeah, and and. I'm not saying don't. Well, I'm saying that if you get a chance to read Dune, use it as your bathroom book, <laughs> and then pick it up and just read a little bit at a time, ten pages at a time. Right? And then yeah, and then once in a while you'll get the you'll get the urge to just pick up the book and walk outside and fucking sit down and have cigarette and coffee and fucking read. Right? Um, that's that's the way that usually goes. But that's that's all I can recommend is in the way to read it. Yeah, it's it's a. It's a very involved, complex book. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though, man, because I, you know, I love Danny Villeneuve, and the uh, guy's a visionary director, so let's see what he does with this shit. Um, yeah, I heard that to this day, David Lynch won't even fucking talk about Dune. Like, the studio fucked with him so much on it that he just, like, refuses. Yeah. So, um, and then the last news I got is uh, Tarantino. Um, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no did. way. Yeah. So um, when he was doing some recent press for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, he said that when someone asked him about the Star Trek script he was writing. We already went through this. Um, no, this is new. We'll talk about this later. What the fuck are you talking about? That's what he said. We'll talk about this later. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were telling, like, Joe, why are you talking about this now? We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> talk about it when we get home. Yeah. So he's saying that the script exists for it and he needs to weigh in on it and... Uh, and he hasn't gotten around to it, but he's going to. And that also, uh, that he goes, he goes, he goes. If I do it, it's going to be R-rated, no matter what. Yep. So, um, it's just cool to hear that he, you know, I. You it's know, not. It's never going to happen. But yeah, I I want them to have a PG version and an R-rated version. Uh -huh. So when you sell the disc, you can watch the R-rated version. Yeah, like Live Free or Die Hard. Live Free yeah, or Die Hard yeah. has an, has the you know the PG thirteen yeah, and the unrated yeah. because it has one F word too many. <laughs> Oh, and then the helicopter scene. There were squibs. There were squibs. Um, the the and um, all the all the shootings in the the theatrical version, there were no blood blood spatters. But that's right. That's right. Yeah. And the and the helicopter scene was cut short. There was a lot of fucks. And there, there were actually a lot of fucks in it um, that they cut out. And yeah, and and you can only have like one or two fucks in the PG. Yeah, that's why they saved the one fuck for when he goes yippee ki yay motherfucker, and he shoots himself. He kills you know Timothy Oliphant's character behind right. him. Yeah. So I didn't see the PG thirteen. I, I first saw that I saw the driving with Transformers and Trans Transmorphers. And I because I was gonna boycott it. I was like, fuck you, you don't do diehard PG thirteen. Are you fucking insane? What are you doing? You, you dumb motherfuckers, right? And then I see this movie the drive, and I'm like, this is a fucking amazing. Oh my god. How did you do Die Hard this I've well? I've watched the PG thirteen movie and I'm still annoyed with it. Are you? Yeah. They, dude, there's a, like I said, and I've said that this is the third time I've said it. What? The scene with the helicopter and the car being sh thrown at the helicopter. Yeah. They fucking edited that scene. They literally edited that scene out. It's it's completely different than the R-rated version. I, I've seen both and I didn't see anything different because they didn't show anyone die. 
I mean, there's you got one guy that dives out, and then the pilot supposedly dies. But I, I seriously don't know what you're talking about. Um, I just I also loved how the fa- the fact that they tried to use as much practical effects as possible with this movie, right? Instead of you know a ton of CG. Um, alternate profanity-free dialogue was shot, and use of swearing was cut out in post-production to reduce profanity. Lynn Wiseman commented on the ratings, saying it was about three months into production and hadn't heard that it was PG-13, but in the end, they were trying to make the best Die Hard movie, not really thinking so much about what the rating would be. Um, let's see. I've got to find it. Hold on a second. Go on with your... So um, that that's it with the Star Trek thing, man. I... I, I what else do you have? That's, I told you, I got five things. That's it. That's my five things. Trailers. I got trailers, but I didn't know if you want to play them or not. I'm not going to play them. All right. So um, the Three from Hell teaser trailer came up. Yeah. It's, you know, sequel to Devil's Rejects and right. uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. There's not much they show because the, the, the teaser's only 50 seconds long, and most of it is just footage from the previous films. Yeah. So, um, But it's just, you know what? I always, with Rob Zombie movies... I always want them to be good, but they're never they never meet any kind of expectation for me. They're just okay. Like the movie Thirty One uh, wasn't bad as a horror film. Actually, it's got a great intro to it. Great horror movie intro. But overall, I, I think it just there wasn't anything too memorable about it. Um, we saw the uh, the trailer for the Brad Pitt uh, Tommy Lee Jones movie Ad Astra. Yes, that looks yes. interesting. Looks like it might be pretty good. You know, that one uh, looks like it might be fun. Uh, there's this one that uh, I wanted you to watch this trailer for. Um, in um, it's called "Them That Follow," and it's about a religious cult um, that you know they're the, the you know the rattlesnake cult, you know, pretty much. And uh, and it's fucking it's got a great cast, and that's why I want you to see the trailer for it because it looks because of this cast, it looks very very interesting. To check that one out, that's it's going to be coming out in uh, August. I can't find it right now, but yeah, the, the, from what I understand, when the car was chucked at the the helicopter, that that scene was uh-huh. edited, like okay. heavily edited. I mean, it was supposed to be there, but they they removed some stuff, like the car hitting the helicopter or uh-huh. some shit like that. It's kind of weird. Huh. Okay. Like you see the car go, and then they move to a. Yeah. No, that's weird. I. But I'll, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. Um. What was the name of the movie? Them that follow. Them that follow. Yes. Why do you want me to watch this? Because it's got an interesting cast. And Why you should I actually, give a shit about this? Because look at the cast, man. Oh, Caitlin Dever, Olivia Coleman, Alice Engelhart, and Walton Goggins. There's more than that in there. Just watch the trailer. I don't give a shit. I don't. I have no interest in this fucking shit. Look, it's a period piece. I don't care. You're, you're giving my piece a period right now. You're, you gave me a period. That's why I said it was a period piece. Ten ninety one. You're so beautiful. You're beautiful. Who you choose, girl, chooses your whole life. My daughter has turned into a fine girl, and a good man has asked for her hand. I ain't never laid eyes on something so pure. Make any sense? What's Russell here, girl? The only thing that makes any sense in this place. When the devil creeps in, you need someone to see the truth, even when you don't. 
you got a choice you got to make. I couldn't find my way to the truth of it. Shake, listen to the spirit. The serpent will purify you. The serpent will cleanse you. I thought I saw Jim Gaffigan. I mean, interrupt it, but I was as I was watching. Yeah, I like there. There was a scene where they're kind of all you know doing the revelry in the church. Yeah, and I'm like. That looks like motherfucking Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> he pops up in the most random shit sometimes, man. Yeah, you know, Walton Goggins. They got uh, looks like Bill Pullman's son. It's got, yeah, it's got the chick that um that won the Oscar for Best Actress for The Favorite. Um, she's also in it as well. Um, excuse me while I pick my nose. <laughs> excuse me while I pick this nose. While I pick this guy. All right, so yeah, it uh, it looks. I, I I want to see this because of the cast. I got pulled in by the trailer. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we've been suckered by trailers before. Oh yeah, there's some mm-hmm. really good. We've, we've got to start putting together our top five, bottom five for you know, yeah, our trailer show. Absolutely, Academy man. Awards of trailers or whatever. All right, call it. here's another one that I I thought you might be interested in checking out. It's called uh, No Miss, like one word, N O M I S. No, which looks. <laughs> What the fuck? I don't care. You got to tell me about it. You got to give me something to go on, man. <laughs> you're not telling. You're not giving me anything to go on. It's got a. It's got a. It's got a. It's got a great cast. That's, really? That's, yeah, not those two, but it's got. Uh, <sighs> yeah, you've got. Uh, you got fucking Gandhi in it. You know, Ben, ben Kingsley. Great. And you lock it up, and you say, "Don't be do wrong again." And ten years later, you let it out. What happens? Talking about the endless voice in a predator's head that says, Do it, do it, do it. Sexy. Really? No. Who are you? Looks like you met with 13 of them and had sex with four. It's still there, but it's no longer possible for you to get an erection. What have you done to me? Silence. Your savings will be divided amongst the girls you've used. The people I chase, they live in the dark. And I can see them really easily until you get along. Hey, Kevin. I'm bored. I want to go home. There's a young girl in here. She left the right. Mr. Cooper. Hey, very life is on the line. Right now. Right this second. And here we are. He says that he's fitted a girl with a track that he's using her as bait. Get out, man! I use multi personality traits to each with their own realities, created or is even aware. 
Yeah, that sounds well. He raped the basement! What? He killed six cops! This is not a game. This is... Sorry for the things I've done, and then I'll tell you what the last one is. Would you say that that's going to be the next Silence of the Lambs? No, but um, I know it's. I don't know if it's going to get a release out here. It's getting a release in Europe sometime this year, but here I don't know. I thought they were going to call it Simon Says. I thought that was the name of the movie, but yeah. Well, actually, I mean, backwards the word no, the name No Miss is Simon, so maybe I know that's why. I, yeah. I didn't notice that until you fucking said it. So well, you, they've spelled it backwards. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering if that's the same or if there's a different movie called Simon. I think there's a different movie called Simon Says, but I wanted I want to know if yeah. this was this they were also going to call this movie Simon Says. Yeah. But they went with the backwards anyways. All right. There's another trailer. No. There's one more and I, I I can't do it justice by talking about it. It's so fucking out of left field. It's called In Fabric and it's <sighs> about a killer dress. A homicidal dress. A24 though. <laughs> Hesitation in your voice, soon to be an echo in the recesses of the spheres of retail. The dress is your image, onto what you project through an illusion. I'm just going on a date. I don't normally wear this kind of thing. Be bold. Your date will compliment you. I would like you to announce the numbers to your telephone. 01632 Seven. And seven, eight, 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 will know me. What's that supposed to mean? It's just a cheap bit of mystery. I think something's wrong with that dress. Don't tell me you're scared of a dress. The dog ripped it to pieces. It's funny spanking you almost. Such a pretty dress. <laughs> Anything nice in the sales? Just a dress. 
<laughs> you know, when I saw, see this trailer, I'm uh, all I can think of is the 60s and 70s uh, Hammer Films movies. Mm-hmm. That's very, very similar to those. Yeah, the, just like, kind of out of the field. Also, like Argento style, like a like a the Italian horror. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see this movie. It just was an interesting trailer. You know, it fucking weird. All right. Um, last two trailers uh, were um, the um, trailer number two for uh, uh, Red Band for Stuber came out, which adds a little bit more to it. That movie looks fucking funny, man. I really, I really hope that, I really hope that the whole movie's good and it's not just the funny shits in the trailer. I really hope. You know, um, here is my reaction to trailer uh, Red Band. Hold on. <clears throat> giving away too much. Obviously, I've already watched it. Yeah. They're giving away too much. Yeah. Please be a five-star ride. Hey! Yeah, be cool, be nice. Hey, let me guess. You want me to drive you to all the Sarah Connors in the city? <laughs> Koreatown, no. Hold on, I'm going to bang a Yui here real quick. Nope, don't got it. Step on it, please. Oh. Didn't quite make it, just just a couple more points and we got it. Still, what's going on? I've been taking this cop around, and we're on like cop missions. Where are you? I want you to come over. I really need you. Three red roses. Girl is thirsty. Don't talk about my balls. Keep my balls out. Hello, operator, we need help. Someone's trying to murder us. Hello, operator, we need help. Someone's trying to murder us. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. He was a complicated man. He liked blowjobs from the back. You know how hard that is? I do. That's the best part of the trailer, but still, that's they're giving too much away. Yeah, probably. I do. <coughs> what? All right, and then lastly, the um, final trailer for the final season of Jessica Jones came out. I don't care. And uh, I, I yeah, you know what? I I want to care, but season two fucking kind of sucked. It was it just felt pointless and unnecessary. And then this one, I, I just don't care. Not. It's like, I, look, I'm going to watch it. I've made Why? the commitment to following all the way through with all of these, but. Hello? Jessica Jones. You are a cheater. You were given every advantage, allowed to make mistake after mistake. You can't control yourself. You have no discipline, just brute force. Gregory Salinger, 
be smarter than both of us combined. I don't know about that. I know who you are. It's not exactly a secret. So you know I can break your face. I barely survived him. Salander did this. Let's go get him. I don't need your help. And you don't need mine. He was unjustly arrested. When you cozy up to maniacs, people around you get hurt. a hero if nobody thinks you are like i give a shit what other people think <coughs> i think one of the biggest mistakes was them killing off david tennant in the first season his villain was a great villain and it just was too soon i think even though he does make a cameo appearance in, in season two in one episode but still it and then season two is just a whole fucking wasted subplot about her mother. I, 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 I didn't even finish season two. It didn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. way to end this fucking show on a down note, Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I just want to give the same vibe as this X-Men movie. You know what I mean? Just, oh, they're just bringing everybody down. Just bringing the fucking boring. Just. We started it with fucking a Marvel thing, and then we ended it with a Marvel thing. Way to bookend it. Hey, you didn't have to play the fucking trailer, man. Hey, hey. You didn't have to bring up the fucking trailer. I only had three trailers I wanted you to check out. You checked out like fucking five of the seven that I brought up. Whatever. You fuck. All right. <laughs> All right. So we'll let y'all know how uh, Ben and Black International is going to be. <laughs> I hope it's better than the fucking trailers. Because the trailers are just like, could be okay. Maybe. The trailers are giving me the the not so good feeling of, this is going to be stupid cheesy. Yeah. Wink, wink at the camera. Wink, yeah. wink at the audience. Hey, we're Men in Black. Hey, wink, wink. M- maybe we should have got the 21 oh, Jump Street my crossover right instead. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So, you look sleepy. You I'm sleepy? Not. You want to end this motherfucker? It's just hot in here. Let's end this motherfucker. Fuck. All right. All right. Peace out. Go home. Go. <laughs> <laughs>